This is the PR Podcast, a show about how public relations helps you tell your story to the world. We talk with great PR practitioners who have the skills, creativity, and just plain savvy to get their clients noticed. Now here's your host, Jody Fisher. Hey everyone, and welcome to the PR Podcast. I'm Jody Fisher. Thanks for joining us. What a start we have had to this podcast. We're only on episode eight, and already we're getting some terrific reactions from all of you and some and terrific support as well from our community. More and more of you are downloading and listening to our podcast every week, and you're lighting up our Facebook page at the PR Podcast on Facebook with your feedback and the shares of our content. So we want to thank you for that. Uh, just a quick reminder that we're also on Twitter and on Instagram. So just search for the PR podcast on your social media platform of choice uh, and, and you'll find us. Please subscribe and, and start to share your ideas and your thoughts with us. Um, our YouTube channel is coming soon. We're still working on that. So stay tuned there. Let us know what you want to hear on future episodes on our social by posting on our pages or by sending us an audio file and clicking on our hosting page on anchor.com. Uh, if you find our page there, search for the PR podcast, and you can actually click and record a message that we can perhaps share on the podcast. Maybe you can send us a question or just give us some feedback. We'd love to hear it. And as always, thanks for your support. Now, on to this week's guest. Jennifer Firmino is a veteran of the New York City media market. She's the communications director and senior advisor for the New York City Council. She's worked at a variety of PR agencies as well. And before that, she was a killer reporter at both the New York Daily News and the New York Post. She comes to New York by way of Boston, and we'll talk baseball in a minute, Jen. <laughs> She's a friend and someone whose instincts for news that I admire greatly. So Jen, welcome to the PR Podcast. Thank you, thank you. You make me sound really like impressive. That was good. You are impressive. You absolutely, we only have impressive people here on the show. <laughs> That's a good answer. That's a good answer. Tell, good us, like tell us a little bit about the New York City Council and what you do there. Um, so I am a senior advisor to the speaker, Corey Johnson, and I'm the communications director. So um, I do all of the, the social media team reports to me, the photographers report to me, we have a videographer, um, we have all the press team report to me. Um, so yeah, we, we're very busy, um, and I work for the, the body. So I, I work for the speaker, I work for the central staff, the individual members, they have their own sort of teams that they, they have their own autonomous offices. Um, so yeah, like when we're passing bills, um, when we're weighing in on things as when the speaker's weighing in on things, this is what I do. The, uh, political, political. <laughs> Political PR is, or, or at least can be, um, kind of a messy animal, right? I mean, the, the business of running any kind of a municipality, uh, especially one that's as complicated and as challenging as New the city of New York, um, can probably get pretty messy and, and also is kind of a 24-7 business. How do you manage interfacing uh, and, and leading the communications effort, both for the, the council and sort of working with the individual members' teams? Um, that is a good question. I guess that I, it's, you know, one day at a time, right? I mean, it does really help that I was a reporter um, and I covered the council. I covered City Hall. 
So I'm familiar with the pace, but honestly, I think it's, a, it's harder. It, it's not harder, but it's, it's just as intense. I'll say that. Uh, it's different than being a reporter, but you know, it really is 24 seven. And at least when you worked at a newspaper, you know, the three o'clock shift came in, <laughs> you know, somebody came in at six. As you know, with PR, it's just us, you know, and we're kind of like, you know, pretty much office hours type people. But because of the 24 hour news cycle, I could be on the phone at 10 o'clock at night talking to a reporter, um, you know, news breaks all the time and, and we weigh in on a lot of things. Um, and our social media, if there's something going on, you know, we want to get a statement out whenever it is. And, and really the past few months in New York City have really been nonstop. There was COVID and at the time, I mean, I joked that we were running a wire service, our social media, because the rules were changing so quickly. And we really wanted our um, social media to be like informative to people. You know I mean? If, if you remember March, like one day, all of a sudden, like, you know, non-essential businesses were shutting down. It was just happening so quickly. So we were trying to get the information out as soon as the rules were coming down from the mayor and the governor. Um, and yeah, those were like, you know, 24 hour sort of days of just constant and even things like like the blackout was a really big deal last summer was it last summer 2019 or was it yeah 20 the blackout in 2019 that was Corey's district um the speaker so we were getting out information you know we, we were working updating social media till like one two o'clock in the morning and then you know they're on in just really on top of it so it's something that really, particularly with social media, that we really try to do is be informative um, and, and let people know what's going on, you know, in real time, as best your, as we can. Your, your background as a reporter and sort of the fast pace of a newsroom uh, and sort of the, the ever-shifting sands under your feet when you're, when you're covering a story yeah. or maybe covering multiple stories at once, which is more likely, um, has got to have helped you in approaching the job that you do now and everything you're just describing here, you know, where you, you sort of, I, I sometimes refer to it as, as juggling flaming chainsaws. I mean, is that kind of part of the, yeah. kind of part of uh -huh. what goes on in, in political PR? Yeah, and I really, I have, uh, I don't know how I could do this job if I hadn't been a reporter. And um, particularly, you know, I was a city hall bureau chief at the Daily News, so I covered city hall. Um, and I have a lot of respect. There's a lot of people in PR that were not reporters. And I think they're just, I don't know how they, like people who I learn things from about like, you know, I tend to think like a reporter um, and often that's really helpful, but you know, I really do. Uh, and I'll tell you a funny story. I, there was one time where there was this um, reporter who was like, oh, I need to talk to Corey. And it was like the height of COVID. And it was really a time when like, who, I mean, it was just so crazy. It was like so unprecedented. And he gave us the questions. He's like, here's some of my questions. And they were really like, how do you do this? And how are you going to do like just all of the huge problems that we just, you know, were just so daunting. And, and I'm trying to figure them out. And somebody that I worked with was like, you know, you don't have to like answer exactly. And I was like, oh my God, it never even dawned on me. Like I can spend this. <laughs> so that was like a good, you know, and that was just recently. You know what I mean? Like that I was just like, really? And I, they were like, you know, you don't have to get into like every detail. And I was like, oh my God, yes. 
I can spin. I'm in PR. I'm not a reporter. <laughs> yeah, answer, answering the question, I usually describe it as answering the question the way you um, you want to answer the question, not accepting the pre not accepting the premise of the question. No, That's yeah, not to I say that you dance around it, but yeah, this is like a game changer for me. <laughs> and you're still you're still answering the question and being helpful and giving giving good information. Um, yes, but totally. I think it's it's critical and and that's when you come from the reporting world like you and I have, um, you know, when when reporters ask a question, they want the the answer to the question the way they think it. I, I feel like they want the answer to the question of the way they think you should answer it, and that's not necessarily what the best course of action when you're advising as a PR representative, right? Yes, totally. And, you know, so I have a great, I learn stuff all the time. Um, it's good that I was a reporter. Um, but, you know, it's a, I enjoy this side of the business and I feel like I'm still learning a lot. How did you find your way from reporting to, to, uh, to PR? I mean, I, I know that when, when I made the leap, um, really, I was looking to, I was really just looking to change my lifestyle. I remember being very frustrated by you know, living by the beeper, and I guess I'm dating mm -hmm. myself when I say mm -hmm. that, but like the beeper I had goes a beeper off. When I started to. Right. And you I gotta run out the, the door. Did. Yes. And and I wanted I wanted what I referred to back then as a nine to five job. Well, you know, yes, my life I guess is a little more predictable, um, mm -hmm. by and large, um, in PR, but you know, there are still those nights and you're what you're describing is the same thing. So how did you find your way from reporting to public relations? So I was, you know, very happy as a reporter, but for me, really the instability of the business and there has, there had just been a lot of layoffs, including people who I really respected and thought were, were good journalists. Um, and because of the economics really of the industry, it was hard, you know, to really um, imagine that I could really make a a lifetime, you know, like one day, like, you know, the Grim Reaper wouldn't come for me. You know what I mean? Like if I see people I respected getting laid off, uh, you know, I just didn't like that uncertainty. I really didn't. And I would say that there are some people, I loved being a reporter, um, but the things I liked about it, I do feel like I can get in PR, which is I liked, you know, the excitement of it. I was, a, I'm a good writer. Um, and I knew that there was a lot of writing in it. And I understood storytelling in a way. Um, and I felt that like, you can really do that in PR. Like if you understand, uh, you know, storytelling really, that's what you're, you're doing. You're taking your, if it's a client or if it's the council, like, you know what a good story is. And I, and I enjoyed that. I found that uh, like a, a really satisfactory part of being a reporter was the, the storytelling element. And so I really just, you know, was kind of looking for the right, and I would have stayed in journalism if, if a job had come up, but it just didn't come up. And then I went and I knew Karen Hinton, who had been Mayor de Blasio's press secretary, and I had a lot of respect for her. Um, and she left the de Blasio administration and, you know, she had had a long career in PR. And I, I think she was she was doing a bunch of other things. And then a little while after she left, she went to work for an agency, Fenton. And Karen was at Fenton. And so, and Fenton was like this progressive PR agency where they only took like progressive clients and they did a lot of nonprofits and stuff with education. And Karen was there. And, and you know, I talked to Karen and it just seemed like a great opportunity. 
And it really was, I was only there for a year and then I left to go to the council. Um, and I only left because the council job was offered to me and that was, you know, like perfect really for my resume because I'd covered City Hall. But I learned a lot in that year and anyone that is, I actually got this advice and I think it's really good advice. Like if you're looking to leave journalism and go into PR, an agency is a really good place to make that switch because you just learn a lot. Like, I mean, coming out of being a reporter, I didn't know how to like use Outlook barely. Like I had emails, but like, you know, as a reporter, you're not doing like, you're not having like meetings. Like you don't have like these 10 person meetings that are scheduled and, you know, it's just not really like that. And I barely knew how to use Word. I, I remember I didn't know how to do track changes. Um, <laughs> I still don't know how to do track change. I hate track changes. It drives me crazy. I mean, it just isn't <laughs> You know, I had my laptop. I had a notebook. I taped things. You know what I mean? Like I, I had a digital recorder. Those were the things I used. And you really kind of, you know, work on your own. And so the agency, I just learned a lot. Um, and also like really about PR and like what, what you do, you know, when you have clients and like media plans and stuff like that, you know, so it was a good experience. And then I went to the council and the council is like just 24 seven nonstop. So that's like a crash course in PR. Yeah. Do you, do you think that those, those skills, I mean, I, it's obvious that you think those skills were transferable, but do you think reporters are doing a good job covering politics these days, and I, I'm not looking to, to knock anybody, right? But there are a lot of challenges to covering politics, just in general, right. and a lot, a lot, a lot of, lot of challenges. And and yeah. so, uh, and then, and then you put on top of it sort of the political environment we find ourselves in these days. And I'll leave it at that. Um, yes. Do you think the reporters are doing a good job covering politics these days? And um, what are they doing well, or perhaps what do they need to do better? So I think broadly, first of all, I don't envy anyone covering Trump because I just think that is like so difficult. And, you know, I have a lot of respect uh, for a lot of those reporters. And a lot of those reporters worked with me in room nine when I was in, you know, when I, room nine is the press room for the city hall press. And a lot of them are former room nine people um, and friends and they're doing great work. Um, so I just think it's hard. I, I do think social media is difficult because just in general, and I think probably any politician would say this, um, you know, a lot of times with news stories, with, with, you know, political stories or stories on things that the government's doing, like they're complicated and, and nuance can get lost and, uh, context and with social media, everything's the headline. And I mean, you know that the headlines always, if there's something wrong in a story, like 90% of the time, it's the headline. And with social media, the headline's kind of everything. Um, so I think that's a challenge. But just broadly, I do think the press, you know, I mean, the press that cover us, uh, I know what how difficult it is. And really, newsrooms. There's been, like I said, layoffs all the time. Newsrooms are smaller. Um, when I started the Daily News, there was four people in room nine. Um, now there is, like for the Daily News, um, I really think only, although, you know, nobody's in room nine because of COVID. Uh, so there's really maybe two people that's covering like the mayor and the council. Um, so it's like half. 
and you know the daily news is new york's hometown newspaper and they're prob and, and that's a lot a lot of the newspapers you know there's people that aren't really doing serious coverage of city hall so it's it's you know i appreciate everyone that is but there's less people doing it you know yeah so, I, I agree uh, with you I, th I think that newsrooms are under incredible stress these days yeah. you know just like you said there's fewer people doing more work and and the way you described it too i mean we're talking about new york city we're talking yeah. about the you know and my my personal bias aside we're talking about the biggest and best city in america right at least where where 90 percent of the action happens um political action happens maybe you're you know except for washington dc um and, and to and to think and to think that you've got you know you can almost count on one hand the number of people who are in city hall every day covering what's going on in the biggest city in america that's kind of depressing. At least it's depressing. It's depressing to me. And, and like I, I, I'm not complaining. The Daily News has two people. I'm just you know. But like there are, I, I believe, and I could be wrong, but I think I'm right. The Queen's Courthouse has no one from any daily paper. They have a press room that's completely empty. There's nobody from the Times. There's nobody from the Post. There's nobody from the Daily News. When I started as a reporter, um, I used to fill in for the, like, at the time, there was a Queens reporter and everybody had, you know, all of the papers. This wasn't that long ago. We're talking 10, 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. Everybody, I don't know if the Times did, but I know Newsday had someone there, the Daily News, the Post, that was their beat. They showed up there every day. Now, you know, if there's a big case, they'll cover the trial. But like, that Queens Court doesn't have a beat reporter, you know, in that, that works in that press room. You know, maybe the Queen's Eagle, but I, I don't think Dave, I, and I know David Brand from the Queen's Eagle, like I don't think he's in that, like he does a good job covering Queens, but I don't think they have the manpower to have somebody solely focused on Queen's Court. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of holes with journalism, unfortunately, because of it's expensive to run a newspaper, you know? It, it, it really is. And, um, and I, I would love to think that there's, you know, a moment in time where that is going to turn around because... Um, I, I still have reporter blood running through my veins, even though I've been a, a PR person for, you know, more than 20 years. Yeah. Um, and, and I describe it that way to people that, you know, and to reporters, I say, you know, part of my job is making your job a little easier. That's, and, and by that, I mean, giving you the stuff you need to report the story. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I'm not here to write your story. You're going to write your story, but I got to give you the stuff that you need. And that, that's part of a PR person's job. Um, and, and representing my client the way they need to be represented, but, um, but, but really working with the reporters. And I think so many, I, I think we've got this popular image of, of PR people and reporters always being at odds with each other. And, and for me, that is not the case. I don't know about your experience. Yeah, no, totally. And, you know, it's actually one of the reasons that I, felt that I could do PR was because I'd worked with good PR people and I knew that there was a, a sort of part of the job where you worked with reporters. I mean, incredible help from people of just, because, you know, these issues are complicated, like I said, and it's rewarding to explain something like, like what I do right now with the council, like explain something with uh, city government. Like I'll tell you today, uh, someone asked us, like a question about like if you run for the city council like are there anything that like exclude you like are there any convictions that would exclude you and we we've had a back and forth with the lawyer and how the law you know and like where you know one of the people on my our press team they're going to explain to the lawyer like oh, it's not a clear-cut thing but he there are some offenses you know like 
and that's not even that complicated, but like we did the research, we go, we help them. And then it's probably like a small piece of a story, but it will be, you know, it's an important thing to get right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I've got to imagine going back to what you were saying about, you know, social media and kind of the, you know, the, the tweet being the headline, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, social media has got to be both a blessing and a curse from the perspective of the way and the how you do your job. I mean, on the one hand, social media can be terrifically beneficial in getting a clear message out in the voice and the verbiage of the, the council or uh, Speaker Johnson or whoever. Um, at the yes. same time, you can have a tweet come in at deadline for a newsroom and completely upend the story, right? Yeah, I mean, it's really, um, and in, in terms of like, it helps us kind of know what the reporters are thinking so we can sort of, uh, it helps with prep, you know what I mean? Because like we can see like, okay, so uh, so-and-so has been, you know, we have like the same reporters that really cover us. Uh, so we'll know that someone's been tweeting about something and I'll have a good sense, you know, cause Corey does, you know, several off topic press conferences a month where it's just like a free for all. Anybody can ask anything. Uh, so, you know, we know what the reporters are thinking about and we can watch social media, their social media, and we can certainly very quickly respond to things. Um, and so that's a help, but you know, it can be difficult because like I said, what often what the council's position is or what we're doing is complicated. And sometimes when people try to say things, on social, you know, especially Twitter, because that's really where most of politics is. Um, you know, they can get it wrong or miss something. And so then you're like, you know, I don't know, uh, you know, I, I don't know like what, if you get something wrong, it's very hard. It's easier to get a correction in a newspaper than to get a reporter to correct a tweet. I will say that. Wow, um, really? Uh, that's yeah. interesting. Because there's, I think social media is so new that uh, they're really, you know, there are rules to journalism that are pretty much followed. And also they're calling for comment before they do a story. So sometimes things go on social that nobody's called me and it's not right. And, you know, I can, yeah, social media gives me, you know, we have a a love, I won't say hate, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, we, we have our ups and our downs with social media. That's, that is so interesting. I, I, because I know that, you know, in, in my career, getting um, reporters or editors to correct factual inaccuracies uh, in a story um, is probably the hardest thing you can do as a reporter. Um, one, it's um, just, just asking for the correction. Um, you need to make sure that you're asking for a factual correction. You're like, yes. you know, you said it's yes. blue and it's actually red kind of thing. Yes. And you, you know that most things don't really fall into that. What right. I, right. Like, it's not so easy. It's more just like, yes, that's true, but you're missing this whole other part of it. And therefore, this looks really different. And, you know, th- those are, Yeah. Those it's are it's tough, right? And so, and so, is social? Can social help you in those situations, or does social actually? Well, hurt? you know, it's funny because it's a real uh, debate of like, do you give it oxygen? You know what I mean by mm-hmm. like going yeah. on social, uh, especially because you know the world of of 
you know, City Hall is kind of like a big high school, right? Like everybody's, so there's things that maybe people would miss, but you know, I, we have a great social media um, manager, Sarah Rodriguez, who's fantastic. And, and she has sort of convinced me to the belief, because I think I was initially of the don't give it oxygen, but Sarah is very smart. And she says, you know, if you leave these things out there, particularly if it's like a tweet, you know, like if somebody tweets something that's wrong or you don't respond to things on social, she's like, you know, uh, she's like people my age, you know, she's a little younger who doesn't, gets a lot of her news from social media and isn't really as much of a newspaper reader. She's like, if, you know, if I don't see somebody respond, I think it's true. So I've kind of, I've come, I have a different perspective on that now, thanks to Sarah. That's really, that's really interesting. And that brings up a really um, interesting, I think, point of conversation is, and I have this conversation with my kids, I'm sort of teaching them, um, checking your sources uh, right. and making sure you're getting your information from verifiable sources. I think we're in an environment um, right now where you know, everyone has access to these megaphones, whether it's social media or what have you, um, and they can put anything out there they want. And people who don't understand how to consume information properly from verifiable sources like news organizations or the person who's actually saying it, um, although, although you could debunk that with, with our president because he just, you know, mm -hmm. kind of just says whatever he feels like saying. Um, I digress. Um, the, the, the importance of making sure the information that you're getting is from a verifiable source. How do you deal with that in your job, in your day-to-day? Well, we, I think we're lucky. I think we, we, we really do have a lot of good reporters that uh, are covering us. And I don't, there aren't very many, uh, I don't have that many issues with like them getting it from like bad sources. I really don't. I mean, there are times when maybe I, I don't agree with what other people are saying or how other people are spinning it, but the facts, we don't, I don't really fight over the facts that much with them. So I'm very lucky in that. It's, a, it's, that's not, occasionally what happens though is, you know, some of these like smaller outlets will like, they didn't go to the press conference. They don't really understand how like the legislative process. So like, like occasionally we'll have something like um, somebody, like we introduce a bill and these smaller outlets that don't cover so much, like they'll take it one step further and they'll be like, okay, the city council today passed a bill and it's now you, 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 that's now the law. And that's not how it works. So that's mostly the, the type of stuff, but people are pretty understanding. Cause you know, like I'm not, the advantage I have is that when I call, I am calling from the council. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, uh, I think there is an advantage to that than being working in an agency or, or having a client. Like I come, I'm calling from the New York City Council and I'll go on the record and be like, this isn't true. You have to fix this. Like, this is not how we, we, we you know, introduced that bill today. We didn't pass legislation on it. And so that's not, we're lucky with that. Right. And, that, and that's kind of where I'm going though. You have what I referenced these mega, everybody has access to the same megaphone and some people may get something that's a little more complicated, like legislation they might get it wrong. They might get a detail yeah. of it wrong. Something as simple as your, your example, you know, introducing legislation versus actually passing a bill. Um, but, but out there in the social media sphere, it all 
initially looks like it holds the same weight, right? And so yes. making sure that you're looking at the source and going, well, hold on, am I reading you know, the Daily News or the New York Times or am I reading exactly. Joe's blog? And it really, it's unfortunate because uh, there are things that look real and, and I just know that they're not being a reporter. Um, and it's really sad, like how much misinformation, you know, my mother will post things on Facebook and I call her and I'm like, ma, like, do you <laughs> even think that that's true? Like, you know, like on like, what plant, like who, like, look at this. Like, right. I'm Go check that for a minute. Right. <laughs> I, I was like, come on. Like, you know, my, any like alarmist thing, my mother is like, you know, worried about if there's like a thing and I'm, I'm like, you know, and, and it, but I, I, it is hard for people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it really is. Um, going back to, you mentioned real quick press conferences. Um, and sort of using those and and depending on the press conference you know they can be the most boring thing in the world that no one wants to cover or they can be like the you reference it like the, this amazing free-for-all um that has just got all the theatrics of you know daytime tv um how do you prepare the speaker or anyone else to step in front of that podium and a and a phalanx of cameras and reporters with notebooks knowing that those reporters could ask just about anything they might feel like asking. So it is so stressful for me, just personally. Um, I am very lucky in that Corey is very good um, and he has great media instincts. Um, and, you know, I really, we really try to follow everything. Like in the mornings when I'm reading the papers, I'm constantly like emailing myself. You know, I start out the morning, I read. Uh, I start out with either the Post or the Daily News, like one of those two, depending on which cover, you know, who's, who's ever like front page grabs me more. <laughs> um, and then like, I'll go to the Times and the Journal, but I'm constantly like, uh, you know, just making notes to myself of like, this might come up, this might come up. And we're really just like constantly prepping. We have these things, uh, we don't really have a choice in the matter. So we, we have the council, the city charter like mandates that the council meets twice a month, um, most months. I think in the summer it goes down to once. And I think maybe August we don't meet at all or we meet once, I can't remember. Um, I should know since August was just two months ago. But you know, in the summer it's like a little bit slower, but it's basically twice a month we meet and we have to pass bills and we have this press conference beforehand. But yeah, it's really difficult. It's just, a question, and Ian, no matter how much we prepare, I do feel like there's just something that, uh, you know, will be, you just didn't see coming. And, you know, I mean, luckily, I, but really our like sort of guiding principle always is to just be as honest and factual as possible, including like if Corey doesn't know the answer, which is very rare because uh, he's, he's pretty, he's really on the ball and he actually, um, has like a photographic memory, believe it or not. And it's funny because when I first started working for Corey, uh, but before I even like started, New York Magazine called me and they were like, oh, we want to do a profile. I'm mean, like, I hadn't started yet. So I wasn't going to, but I wasn't going to be like, actually, like I don't start for another like 10 days, you know, cause it was like right after it was announced I was doing it. So I was like kind of working with New York Magazine. And so then I had to call Corey and he's like, so he's like, talk to my mother. She can, you know, this was like a profile. 
Um, so I call his mother and she says, and I said, oh, hey, I'm Jan. I'm like the new comms director, um, you know, and, and do you want to talk to New York Magazine? So I had to like prep his mother. Meanwhile, I wasn't even like working for Corey. Like I, I knew him, but like, you know, so I'm like prepping his mother and she says, well, I said, what would you say about Corey? She said, oh, he's so smart. She's from Boston like me. And she has the strongest Boston accent. She's like, he's so smart. He has like a photographic memory. So she said that and I, in my mind, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. My mother thinks I'm a genius too. You know what I mean? <laughs> Now that I work with Corey, he really does have like a photographic memory. Um, so that makes it helpful. But, you know, even him, sometimes he's not going to know the answer. And he'll just go, you know, I'm not really familiar with that. Uh, I'll, I'll have my press office reach out. That's all you can do. I mean, you know, I think the best thing about the fact that I work for newspapers, I bring like a calm to it. Like, you're never going to get in trouble for just like admitting the truth. Really what, what, what always screws you up for politicians is trying to cover up for things or seem like something you did. So like, just say it. If you screw it up, you know, if you change your mind, you're just going to come out and say it. You know, that, that is that's terrific. That's terrific. And that is, that is refreshing too. Cause, Cause I agree with you. You never get in trouble for telling the truth, even yeah. if the truth isn't that great. Yeah. It's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's so much easier. You save yourself just, and I'm like, like Corey intuitively knows this. You save yourself just so much agita going forward than trying to twist through knots and come up with a cute answer that doesn't really work. Uh, you know, that, that'll like unravel that takes you like, you know, seven minutes to explain. So, yeah. That is but so yeah, great. Press conferences are like, I, I hate those days. I get very nervous. <laughs> well, we, I mean, Jen, you and I could talk forever on this, right? But, but I know you're yeah. very busy. We got to let you get back to work. This has been a great conversation. Please let people Thank know you. how they can find you online. Um, so I think the one that I'm on the most is probably Twitter, even though I don't post that much, but I do, I'm like constantly on it. I'm at Jay Firmino, um, just at Jay Firmino. That's my Twitter handle. I'm on LinkedIn. I have to like update my LinkedIn profile, but I'm on LinkedIn um, and I'm on Facebook, but really that's just so that I can like see pictures of my nieces and nephews. So, <laughs> well, that's great. Um, so then, so then Twitter is where we shall find you. Well, yeah. thank you again for spending time with us, sharing some of your knowledge. Me. We really appreciate it. And it was great to talk with you again after, after a bunch of years. Yeah, it's great to talk to you. Wonderful. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Please remember to subscribe to the show. Like us on Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram, all at The PR Podcast, and send us a question or a comment that we can address on a future episode. And we'll see you next time on The PR Podcast. Mm -hmm.